do you believe in having a purpose in your life, a meaning? You ask me questions. Yeah, I believe in it and I can tell you also what the answer is. Hello beautiful people and welcome to Anyone Anywhere podcast. So today we are with my friend Christian Hanschen. Let's see if he, I'm saying correct. Perfect. He's an organizational psychologist, mindfulness teacher and design thinking coach. Chris is also a blue belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and if we can say Christian mission is to create le uh, create learning experience that help others to develop that ideas and projects as well their personalities. How are you today, my friend? I cannot complain. I'm, <laughs> I'm very good. Yeah. How are you? Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. First of all, it's a really pleasure to have you here. And let's start from the beginning. For the people that still don't know you, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, about your childhood? Well, um, uh, I mean, professionally and career-wise, like you pretty much summed it up, the stuff that I do. Um, yeah, I'm a born and raised in, in East Germany. Um, and yeah, I... I um, was a skater. <laughs> I used to skate quite early. It was always very active. And I have one older sister who was always kind of a role model for me. So she was actually first skateboarding and then I was doing this as well. Then she was playing basketball. I did as well. I was always very good at these things. And I think subconsciously was she was kind of a role model always. She then moved to another city outside the area where we grew up. It's a very small town in Eastern Germany. And then I also moved, obviously. And then she moved to Berlin. And guess what happened? Uh, yeah, I moved to Berlin. And yeah, that's how I came here. Um, and I mean, I've been to other places. I lived in, in the Netherlands and in the United States and so on. But I always came back here as a home base in Berlin, and I live here now 10 plus years or so. I'm single, and uh, <laughs> love you, love, love, love your woman, Chris. It's always a pleasure, man. And tell me a little bit about uh, the experience that you had in Hawaii, if you can. Hawaii. Yes. I, ah, okay. Ah, because of the I was wondering how you. Um, I do yeah, some research yeah. also. <laughs> hey, speaking of research, I, um, I I will tell you about the Hawaii story in a second. Mm -hmm. um, do you know this Canadian um, journalist, not Ward, Human Serviette, this is his name. He's like a crazy dude. He's a Canadian music journalist who is known for the most intense research possible. It's like he like he knows and figures out information about the people he interviews that they are just absolutely blown away and he's very goofy he's always wearing like a scottish hat has like curly hair has hawaiian shirts on um and uh, and is really goofy and it's he knows shit and he says hey so tell me about the chicken place that you always had chicken uh burgers when you was four years old with Mrs. Farnsworth, and you're like, what the fuck? 
and these people like how the fuck did you know these things and yeah i just seen a video recently um uh, about the, the craziest uh, reactions from interviewees that he had that couldn't believe that they that he knows this shit about him but anyway so that's just because the, the research and um hawaii hawaii um it was exchange semester and uh yeah we know we had uh quite some some parties there it wasn't really studying what we did there i mean we were supposed to study there but i mean fuck man uh so at one point we had uh like a party at the beach and we decided to sleep at the beach and let's say we had quite a uh spiritual night at the beach you know uh, you know consciousness enhanced night and the next morning we barely slept i was uh, woken up by a by a message from a friend who texted me hey uh are we still on for the hike i can meet you in like 30 minutes i was like what a hike what, what a hike and I forgot that I promised another guy that I studied with in this exchange semester that we wanted to do a hike like on this mountain was called Coco Hike. And I was like, fuck, man, I barely slept. I slept like two and a half hours. I'm still pretty much all over the place in my head. But I promised this. Uh, we already, you know, canceled it twice before. So I fuck, we need to like pull this through. So I went, met up with the guy went to the to the start of the hike to the trail of the mountain and i thought hey, maybe it will be a nice picturesque hike where i can like you know see some waterfalls and stuff but this specific mountain which is called coco head it's not really a it's not really a hike it's just like a straight huge huge hill that that like rail will like lead up to it and you go up like you basically use railroad like stair steps that go up for like 45 minutes it's, it's a pure exercise under like the, the heating temperatures and i was like jesus christ this is not even <laughs> anyways i was i was totally uh, tired i was tired out so what i then did was i looked okay just tunnel vision i just towel over uh, over my shoulders just grab a bottle of water and just like hike, 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 hike. And I was really like super exhausted. But since I was so tired, I had like this weird, sometimes if you didn't sleep at all, you like extra hyper a little bit. I don't know, you know? And so when I eventually came up there, my friend, uh, they, they took their time, you know, to, to do this. But I really took it as exercise. And I was up there and when I was up there, I don't know if I, I sat down, obviously my heart, you know, was still pounding and I sat down and yeah, it was the first time, I mean, I don't know if it was still because of the aftermath from the night before, but I sat down and I really felt really intensely the, 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 um, the dirt on the ground and the wind in my face and it's just like i was super hyper aware of the situation i was super 
in tune with it, but not kind of, not lost in it, not like, oh my God, it's all calm. And, and, um, and eventually I was sitting there and I was like, yeah, pretty overwhelmed. I even had some, some you know, like getting like uh, some tears because it was also a very nice view and stuff. And that was really an intense state of, of mind that I experienced for like, just, I don't know, a brief period of time. And I just sat there and then I really just like naturally enjoyed the view. And that was really something feeling a state of mind that I couldn't really shake and was really interesting to me and um, yeah the next day still when I was back to normal this this I did, couldn't really let it go and this was kind of this, this you know I guess a starting point for me really engaging in like studying like different state of mind different kind of breathing techniques and meditation and reading philosophy of mind and and psychology and all this shit and uh yeah eventually also started uh, studied psychology then and that was really something that kicked off um this this interest for different states of consciousness and that was yeah pretty pretty amazing experience mm. and this is actually also the i guess you've seen it on my website the photo uh that you can see there Mm -hmm. on, this, on this mountain ah it was that mount okay 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 i didn't knew right. that man like and it was the only time that you felt something like that like i think like the be present in that moment it, it was the first and only time or you had some more experience like that i mean it's it's hard to say because by now it is uh, it's, it's so long time ago mm. that um, I, it's, I just remember my memories of this experience. Mm. I cannot really fully fill it with life anymore. However, I think also it is a little bit, I mean, I think, I don't know, like, have you, yeah, I'm a mindfulness teacher, I guess you mentioned this. So I study, I have regular mindfulness meditation practice. So I definitely now cultivate mindfulness states and I have them throughout the day. And um, I can more clearly distinguish now between being really states of being lost in thought and being present. And mm -hmm. I think because it was there from zero to all of a sudden into, I was kind of thrown into the water mm -hmm. that it was that like amazing for me. I'm pretty sure I had similar states of mind afterwards but um yeah i, ca I cannot 100 percent see yeah the first time it's always different it's yeah yeah, yeah i understand you i mean and there's there, there's this really nice analogy um to to physical um fitness you know because we know now that generally like we accept it as as humans there is something we can do with our physical bodies is generally good for us we see athletes on tv and nba jiu-jitsu the olympics that do crazy stuff gymnastics you know they do stuff with their bodies that is just like insane right and if you are just like a regular untrained person who doesn't do a, a fitness you you can witness these things and you see these things and 
um, with really experienced meditators, yogis, and really um, mental athletes, so to speak, when they get really in a zone of clear attention or whatever, it is invisible for like a person, for the person on the outside, it looks like there's this guy, but you cannot really see how crazy concentrated or strong he is mentally versus with physical fitness and athletes, you can really see it, right? Mm. So, um, and this is actually a common experience with psychedelics sometimes, with psilocybin as well, that people that don't have any meditative experiences, you mm. know, that they use certain kind of, you know, psilocybin or magic mushrooms, and they get all of a sudden thrown into like this state of, whoa, I, have a different state of mind. I really see things more clearly. Um, they have this psychedelic experience. Hmm. And then eventually it stops, you know? And this is, then they kind of get really interested and then maybe they start meditating and they gradually learn how to change, you know, their mind and how to enter different stage of states of, of attention and different states of consciousness. And it's a little bit like, imagine you take a, you know, not, not a sporty person, Mm. But you're just like a regular dude or girl, and then all of a sudden you take a pill and all of a sudden you are the a black belt in jiu-jitsu and you see all of a sudden you can do all these things. All of a sudden you can do backflips for eight hours. And and this is basically the same thing, you know, just the one is mentally and the one the other one is physical. Okay, wow. But well, first of all, I love the comparison and it's quite easy. At, at least at my mind to understand the comparison between the mental and the physical. I love the approach in the psychedelics. What is your opinion about psychedelics in our medicine nowadays? This is, what, a, what a topic we like to get right into. You started. I mean, the, the thing is that I'm, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm hugely uh, fascinated with the, with this topic because um, I, I, after this book was released by Michael Pollan, How to Change the Mind, I don't know if you know the book, there was kind of the, the released a couple of three years ago, maybe, a really groundbreaking book by this American author, journalist, who describes how the, the renaissance of psychedelic research in a medical in a medical context now mm. in therapy also and it's really amazing what uh great results uh like psychedelic assisted therapy it's called what this has like veterans from the us for instance that came from afghanistan war they seen horrific things, right? They traumatize, they come back, they need treatment, therapy, um, and to really cure therapy, uh, PTSD, it takes years, right, of continuous therapy, and also takes meds, they use them also medicine at the same time. And treatments with the uh like that there have been trials i think this is in, in a psychedelic um or uh, therapy with assisted psychedelics is like in a, in a trial phase where not 
thousands of people are uh, testing this, but yeah, there has been quite some, some good research by now, which is constantly growing, that these treatments help veterans and people, people in general with PTSD have from just a few sessions, really profound, long lasting relief and um, again, a better well-being and sometimes even a, a cure from these things. So the, I think the potential is, is huge. It's absolutely huge. And it's interesting because all these practices like using certain kind of substances to alter our state of consciousness in order then to resolve in a conflict or to kind of somehow grow ourselves. This has been done also for thousands of years by, you know, like uh, agent tribes in Peru and native um, tribes and so on, uh, Mexico and so on. And now we again, slowly opening the door in the medical field to, uh, to those ancient practices as well. And so like, I, I like this that if we can test it with our scientific, you know, scientific method and it shows results, as you say, then we kind of accept it. And this is great that also now we kind of transfer this old shamanic practice into a, into like, now we have the, basically the, you put the shaman in a white coat lab, you know, and like a clinical clipboard and kind of use these Asian practices and westernize them, but keep the essence and, and make them work for, for good purposes. No, yeah, and, and I think it's amazing. And it's like you said, it, the possibility that you, you can, uh, um, for the same trauma, uh, resolve it or, or create a, a better solution in half of the time with better results i think it's just like and the connection of the two the two worlds like we were saying in the previous interview uh, in the previous interview before the this interview uh, we start this interview uh, about the connection that i i want also that you talk about it that you do in your job that i love it uh, uh, between uh, the mental part of the work in the cooperative world. If you can talk and explain a little bit more about that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's again, the same, uh, the same principles there. Exactly. I, I mean, I do, I do um, design thinking, which is a, a creative teamwork approach. So there's like, it's like a process and it has certain steps and a lot of corporations here now use it, um, especially in uh, technology companies um, to be more innovative and like, you know, like uh, create um, new services and yeah, just create more value for the companies and also leadership uh, is changing within organizations. It's less um, it's moving away from like less, hierarchical structures like top down a guy says like you guys do this da, da, da. it gets the hierarchies get flattened out a little bit and this is already a good tendency and i try to actually even accelerate these tendencies and help um all this whole innovation process in organizations by bringing in um meditative practices like mindfulness practice and yeah i I had this, this workshop, which is called Innovation Through Introspection, where I tried to then again bring 
mindfulness meditation uh, into the concept of, of leadership and into the concept of um, focused work and creative teamwork in order to yeah help these processes more and create a better corporate culture within organizations. And I love the idea. I love the idea because uh, like we were saying before, uh, sometimes some of the people that are in this disposition, uh, they have a lot of stress and having a different type of approach, being mindfulness, being in the present, I think it will help them to have better results at the long run, if we can say that. Uh, what is yeah. the feedback that you are receiving until now? I mean, the the I I'm still in the in the um, in the beginning of of really carrying this into companies, and I'm obviously not the only one who does this. There's always uh, a lot of uh, different people who and consultants who, for instance, do mindful leadership seminars and stuff, but they're feedback that I receive is sometimes obviously a little I mean in the beginning people are a little skeptical and um, I mean not always some people obviously they more open to those concepts to meditation and so on and they also can fill them with with life they I don't know they uh, keep keep doing meditative practices uh, as a daily routine of their work day but others they obviously say huh we kind of okay I guess this is just what companies do these days so let's just go into the seminar and and learn about meditation and they are not really willing to receive because maybe also they think it's esoteric kumbaya my lord stuff and maybe I don't know bring a crystal out and and you know that kind of shit <laughs> <laughs> which is, is obviously not what I do. Um, so I also then really keep the traditional practices and, and, and try to keep it as, as methodological as possible. But I use different words like mental training and I use a lot of metaphors uh, like the, the, with the um, mental training, physical exercising. I use these things to really make these people understand um, yeah, this this is generally something good for them. And I also use the the metaphor of, of physical training again, because if you think about us again, you know, like hundred years ago, well, like, yeah, hundred years ago, like who was actually doing weightlifting and like physical exercising? Some freaks in a circus, right? You see, like this, this sometimes you these old black and white pictures of a guy in a a leotard and a mustache lifting dumbbells, you know? And people were like, okay, this is, they pay money to see those weird freaks at the circus. But now we totally accept that this is a good thing, you know? Mm. And I think the same with meditation, you know, still people are skeptical still. I mean, they open up more and more. You can, you know, today in many parts of Western societies, you see that, they're more open to, to meditation and yoga and all these things. But I think in 50 years or so on, like, yeah, 50 years maybe, it will be generally accepted as like a thing. 
and maybe even, and this is also what I hope and would love to work on, is to bring it into the educational system. Because I think one huge, huge problem is that we have so many thieves of attention, you know, like with fucking cell phones and like there's so many little impulses that want to steal and grab our attention and the only way to like really navigate those environments is to train our attention because this is meditation this is at, at the core what meditation is the training of our attention to stay here the present moment we get lost in thought we get drifted right attention back to the present moment so it's a really a uh, training of attention and there's a attention deficit left right and center today and it's only increasing no man it's so true like yeah i, I like that i liked it already the idea with the corporations but with the education it's much much better man if you start it in a young age first it's much easier much easier to mm -hmm. to become a black yeah, belt yeah 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 when you are yeah. six seven years old like then when you are 20 or it's not impossible but it's it's just it's easier and yeah yeah And what it will be your idea, like having a, a, a mindfulness class, like you have a physical class? You have it as part of like your physical education, right? You don't, again, you don't have it by a religious Buddhist. You have it by your regular gym teacher who who's also maybe doesn't even say, again, meditation, who says like you do uh, mental training or attention exercises today. And there's so many... Uh, different types of meditation, like a body scan, for instance, where you really focus uh, on different parts of your body and how you can, you know, like there's so many ways how you could, again, uh, bring it into the, yeah, into the PE and the physical education, the gym class, you know, and also uh, maybe they, I think here and there, They also have in some schools now um, something like media competency classes where you get taught as a young teenager how to just deal with media, how to, okay, what is a good source, how to Google, um, how to do research if you want to check, if you want to find the information. Because this now becomes, uh, it's just a regular part of our lives we google we search for information and how i mean it's so easy to just you know like you have because we have these biases you know like we already have a little bit of opinion so we look to confirm our opinion that way called confirmation bias and then let's even say you're totally neutral and you look for uh, information for your history class or something how can you assess when you go on the website is this a qualitative good source is it reliable is it some shady bullshit mm. like and you need to learn these things as well and maybe you can combine it there um to the meditation class so i don't, I don't know i'm not really i i would like to actually be more in this medical uh, educational field but i just yeah i have ideas for this and i also think in in the first stages this is also happening that they are some people want to bring it into the educational system and i think it's a, a really a really good idea and after it 
Man, you can test it, you know, like, and after let's see the feedback, because if you see that is really improvement, that you see the improvement in, in the child's with a parent that want, mm. don't want that, like, and also like, yeah. like you were saying, in general, giving update to our education, to, to, to the society we, where we are today. Like, I think that is mandatory. It's something mandatory. Uh, you are also talking about some uh, exercise, some mindfulness exercise for the ones that never did, like uh, the scanning um, for the ones that never did mindfulness. What is an easy exercise to so we can start to do it today? I mean, the the, the most the, the classic exercise is is called um, just vipassana meditation which is vipassana is a dipali word for insight and so it's, it's insight meditation which just is sitting down and you usually start with your breath as object of attention you really just try to you know sit down usually you also close your eyes then you really just yeah bring all your attention to your breath, you know, like you inhale through your nose and then you really try to like pay attention to where you can feel the breath the most, maybe on your nostrils or like the air gets inside in here. How does it feel on the inside of your nose? Is it cold? How does the air feel? Or you can feel the expansion of your chest or your belly as you inhale. And then as you exhale, the belly um, flattens out again. And you really try to just pay attention to your breath and um, where you can feel the breath in your body the most. And this is this is the exercise. And automatically, after like a few seconds, you then will you will think about like something like oh, I close my nose. Okay, and I take I inhale, and I say, oh, yeah, it feels nice. And then uh, I am really feels nice and oh this, this also smells nice oh yeah there was this show like the other day but also like the food apparently smells so nice it was a really great show and like oh yeah after this there was this other show and like you get carried away with this train of thought like and you it's so gradual that your attention shifts from like from your breath and your bodily um uh, sensations to thoughts like a picture or a word or the show that you've seen last night and then eventually you notice that you are carried away oh shit i was supposed to do meditation and then don't get frustrated most of the times people get frustrated because they ah oh, fuck i wanted to meditate and now i was thinking for 10 minutes about in the thrones but this is like it's just very normal and you shouldn't be frustrated you should actually be always whenever you notice that you got carried away you should be happy because again this is your chance to again bring your attention back from that thought to your body and actually this is kind of the this going away and bringing the thought back this is also kind of the biceps curl for your brain where like the thought is away it's gone and bring it back and this is actually what makes your attention stronger so you should you can be happy for every time you notice this drifting away you shouldn't be like forcefully trying okay i can three minutes i need to stay three minutes without because yeah you shouldn't force it this is the wrong attitude you really mm -hmm. yeah you should, you should force it. 
and just observing. And I love the idea again, like the, the just accepting that your thought it's not, you are thinking about something and come back to the present. It goes, you pull it back. Man. Yeah, yeah. I like, I love the idea and I love the description of it. Like, I think it's an exercise that everyone can start doing now. Like it's. And, and the, the, uh, the, the, the breath is usually kind of the foot in the door to the, to the room of mindfulness. So mm. you start with the breath because we, we always breathe. Hopefully, you know, we always like constantly breathe. We do like a, there's like, so it's like waves, right? They come and go, come and go. So it's a nice anchor that you always can go back to. But eventually what you want to do is that you expand your attention just much to your, to your breath, but also to sounds. You even like you have your closed eyes, but there's, you can also even stare into the, your closed eyelids because it's not 100% black. There's like shimmering of light going on. If you have your closed eyes, there's like, you know, mm -hmm. there's something that you can see if your eyes are closed. So you also should look actively into the darkness. So there's other senses you can expand or you should expand your mindfulness practice to. Wow. Kapoom. You can put the emoji. Like really nice, man. Really nice. <laughs> really nice. I love the idea. Like, and um, let's talk like we already approach a little bit of what is to being a design thinking coach. Uh, but let's yeah, talk did, a yeah. little bit more about what is your job as a design thinking coach? What? Um, so what, what this is, is um, it's a method. It's called design thinking and it's, uh, it's, around for, for quite some some decades now but it just becomes in this whole again corporate world um, more and more widespread because it's more and more people work in teams especially in companies that work um, um, on let's say creative or conceptual tasks so uh, teams that that have to solve any kind of problem that ha doesn't have a clear solution yet. There's like obviously very obvious problems. For instance, uh, um, I don't know, like, like there's A and there's B and we already know what the answer is. We just need to get there, right? How can we make, um, I don't know, like this, this, um, this cup here, how can we make it, uh, uh, make it to fit more um, coffee inside, we make it bigger, obviously. Okay, this is a very simple solution mm -hmm. for this problem, but we deal more and more, we deal in general, companies deal more and more with something called wicked problems, which is kind of, it's really, there's, for instance, typically like big problems, like this is a huge wicked problem, but something like homelessness, which mm -hmm. is like a huge problem, but it's really difficult to say, I mean, not just what is the major cause, what, what is the core problem and what caused homelessness and what is the solution for it? So you really, if you want to somehow solve this problem, you first have to really define 
what is the problem here within homelessness that we try to address now? Like, is it that people cannot afford houses or are there too uh, little houses, not, not enough houses? Or you know, there's you know, so many problems within mm. this big problem. So you have to first define something and then like once you have to find this problem now you come up with some solution whatever depends on how you what is your angle now for instance okay we need to build cheaper houses okay how can we do this and now you have to figure out something and this for this kind of complex wicked problems design thinking is often used so you have multiple people with multiple disciplines and expertises they work together and I guide them through like a process of a design thinking process. In the beginning, they define the problem, there's methods for this, they do research, then they design ideas, then they test these ideas, and they refine these ideas. So this is kind of a, a process and it's just design thinking in a nutshell. Right. And this is what I basically just do and I, I guide a group of people through this process. Awesome. It's like you, you are connected, you are connecting the different expertise in the, uh, in the company, like the marketing guy with the sales and the finance, yeah. you are the connector, if we can say it. Yeah. 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 Mm. And it's all, and another, another um, important thing is it always has to be a problem that uh, it needs to be a, a human problem. Mm. It cannot be a technical problem. For instance, how can we get more um, internet through this this cable, whatever, is a very technical problem, but it needs to be something uh, like, yeah, homelessness, like obviously, like there needs to be a person that gets relief. For instance, we had design thinking um, project where we should help um, elderly in, in, a, in the elderly home, um, to to um, to redesign um, this thing that they use, like this, you know, like this, this yeah, thing yeah. That, that unrolls. I don't know what he called it, you know, but mm -hmm. um, and so we like then because the the, the current um, the elderly home had they had a lot of funding for technical equipment. So their idea was, can we somehow you use like um, voice assistant and technology to make kind of a smart, smart wheelchair, or not a wheelchair, but a smart <laughs> thing there, you know? So what we really did then was in the beginning, you really talked to these people that actually use them. So we really asked them, what, what is the exact problem that you guys have currently with these things? You know, like, is there something that you would like to do extra? Would you like to have a, a way to also, I don't know, call, uh, call a nurse on this thing? Or would you like to call, uh, be able to, I don't know, uh, sit on this thing or whatever it is, you know? So you really now are closely um, researching the people that in the end also should use your solution. So you really are always very closely with the people that you design a solution for, you research them, and then eventually they say what their needs are, their goals, their problems. So you really do a qualitative interview with them. And then 
you develop a solution based on what they said, you know, and then you test the first prototypes with them or you suggest, hey, we would like to do this and they give feedback. If they like something, we keep it. If they don't like it, we iterate it and show it to them again. And this is kind of then also mm -hmm. yeah, a big part of design thinking. We always have a human or a user at the center. How you can improve the life in some way of a person. Like, I, yeah, I completely yeah. understand. Yeah. And also, especially like take under consideration their needs because a reason also why a lot of technology uh, companies like uh, SAP, where I used to work, or let's say any kind of um, any kind of company that produces apps, you know, because mm. with apps you need to like navigate yourself through a screen and stuff. And the big problem within tech for the longest was that the people who program this these apps they totally out of touch with the people that in the end should use this, you know? They have their program knowledge, so they built these systems that are, this should be like this, so they build it and then they give it to the end user and the end user maybe has totally different needs. He doesn't know what this button is supposed to be. So there was a huge gap between the people who build it and the people who use it and kind of design thinking should build this bridge and bring them again together. The user should, mm co-create this is the word they always use you should co-create the solution and i said whoa 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 it's a really nice idea man it's like a, and exactly it's like doing the research yeah doing the research with the person that you you are developing the the the, the product it will be the end user it's like a, a, in a cycle like they, 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 because yeah, you can try to guess, but you will not know the problem as the person that used the, the app or the, the, the devices will know it. Yeah, really nice idea, man. Really nice, really nice job. And now I, I like to ask you a little bit something different about the, the purpose. And do you believe in having a purpose in your life, a meaning? What is your opinion about that? you ask the questions yeah believe in it and i can tell you also what the answer is for the meaning of life um yeah i mean i i uh, do i believe in it i think this is just um a part of of human nature so to speak i mean not human nature but i think people in you know, modern societies, you know, that have kind of covered their basic needs, you know, like they save, they have enough food, they have all these, this social Shelter. stuff. And I think they just then need the, yeah, they definitely need some sort of vision or some sort of purpose in their life. And there's a lot of, I mean, yeah, pretty solid research that, that the purpose really gives gives people such strong motivation and can help people out of like states of of misery and and uh, it just uh, suffering sometimes even depressions and stuff and yeah and what does oh shit now I want to say this great quote but I cannot get it together uh, from from Nietzsche who said uh, 
um, he who has a um, why can do endure every how, which kind of sums up if you, have a, if you have a purpose, if you have like kind of a why are you doing something, you can almost endure and go through every kind of difficulties because you kind of have this this guiding principle why are you doing something. Or he, he who has a why can almost sustain any how or something like this. But um, uh, I totally yeah, believe in, in, in purpose and I think it's a, a really important thing. And at the same time, I think it is sometimes a little problematic for a lot of people today because we are in such, and by we, I always talk about, you know, like very privileged people that live in the life circumstances that, that we uh, live in. And um, I think we now almost have like this, this pressure sometimes to self-actualize ourselves. And we see how other people, you know, uh, you know, like have found their thing, whatever they have. And they really also now have this pressure, shit, I also want to fulfill myself in my job and I, in my life. And uh, uh, yeah, and this is sometimes, I think, can get, uh, can lead to, to stress that people are kind of, yeah, almost like pressure to find their purpose and fulfill their purpose be like fuck what is my purpose da, da, da. and that sometimes is is uh is a paradox or like a dilemma in in modern societies because we are now so well off to the most degree that we don't have to worry about safety and food and and all this shelter and all this shit mm -hmm. so we kind of now are caught up in this I mean, there's this, this pyramid you maybe know of, of Maslow, the hierarchy of needs where you have bottom, da, da. and um, so we kind of like up there and we kind of have now this, this, this pressure to self-actualize ourselves in modern societies, you know, and this is sometimes also problematic. And what do you think it's, it's the, the, the best solution? Think about uh, the purpose or just living like and don't expecting it's 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 it's, it's tough because i mean first of all meditation is always the mm. short answer for everything. <laughs> um uh it's it's i mean because i myself can say all these things and know all these things. And I, I kind of am, am lucky enough that I am now, uh, you know, have this, this kind of stuff that I talk about here as my job or still I am in the, in, in the process of really making it more and more of my job. Um, this whole like self-development stuff because I want to actually leave this design thinking stuff a little behind and want to focus more on the uh, psychological things and, and, you know, like coaching and, and, and meditation and workshops in this context. So, um, and even I knowing all these things and, and read like a lot of stuff, I still struggle sometimes with, with, you know, like, uh, 
keeping up the good spirit and and uh, I struggle and, and stuff. So it's it's uh, sometimes I feel a little uh, hypocritical, like preaching these things. You know, there's the saying, you know what? Use my advice. I don't need it. You know, it's it's mm. kind of like it's this. Um, but for the Lord, for the most degree, I do have down phases. But then I always can. I mean, really through meditation and kind of getting wrapped up into like, oh fuck, I want to actually have more followers on Instagram. Or I want to actually now be already at a different stage of my uh, career or see myself already different and compare myself to other people that now are already further in their development. And that I get a little frustrated and be like, oh fuck, do I even do the right thing? But I really don't stay in the self-criticism that long anymore. Not ruminating over this and over these, these, these negative thoughts. But that is because I, I really, through mindfulness, sorry to kind of like keep, keep hitting this dead horse. I think you should. And uh, because I believe in it, yeah, and it, it helps me to really kind of get this meta perspective of like, oh fuck, okay, you are again thinking about the same issue again. And how helpful is it to now again to compare yourself for the 22nd time to this person and not stay with yourself, you know? And that really helps to, to um, um, relativize and put things in perspective. And then I also can put myself in perspective to the 7.2 billion other people that probably would kill for my problem, you know, and that uh, because there's so many people out there that would, yeah, kill for my problems, you know, they would kill to, to have my problems. And this is then again also puts things in perspective and that helps me definitely to again, you know, keep the good faith. Man, I, lo- I love your idea and I love your sincerity. Like, th- because you are just a human, like anybody else, you know? Like, sometimes we think that because you are a coach, you, you have to have the answers and no doubts, just certainties, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I love that part. You are human and, like, we are still in the in the growing process, you know? And I think it's, it's, it's a beautiful... I saw also in your website that you talk a little bit about stoicism. For the ones that never listen about stoicism, can you give me a little introduction what it is? So it's um, like an old philosophical school um, and it really is amazing and a lot of people these days use it, like the teaching of like this ancient philosophical school of thought because it is quite um uh, what do you call it like applicable for or like user friendly so to speak you can really apply these things well oftentimes um you know people think it's 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 just philosophy is just some armchair shit you sit there but it's very it's very much useless right but stoicism is like a uh, yeah, philosophical tradition that really focus on, again, on the things that you can do as an individual that you have under control and that you 
should not worry about and you know be angry and sad about the things that you cannot change you know and you should there's this this um quote by um epictetus that says um man is not um defined by the uh the life circumstances but by the uh, meaning he gives to them so in that sense it's it's definitely like not how we or it's, it's not life circumstances but it's the way how we look at it and <clears throat> this is also the basically the, the the insight or the same idea that reframing uh, uh, is like reframing is a is um, psychological technique how you can give something a different look I mean reframing how you can look at the same thing through like a different frame mm. and that gives it a different perspective you know there's uh, there's this, this I guess fun fun reframe if if you go into a you know like a bar and uh, you see like a, a guy you know like a fucking dude you know like with scars and like muscles and he gives you like a certain kind of attitude right he's like fuck man you know has scars all over his face and like a black guy and you know like looks like he's constantly fighting like fuck man gets a little and you kind of look at this guy through this frame of fuck look at this look at this guy with all his fucking scars and shit but you could reframe the situation see look at all the scars and the black eye that he has he probably has like the shittiest defense ever, you know? Like he probably never covers his face, man. Look at this guy, he cannot fight for a second. Look at all the scars on his arms and face. He loses probably every fight that he gets into. So this is just a way how to reframe um, your your viewpoint, you know, to something. Like even like or the word like, like problem, you know, like problem is like something, shit, I have a problem. But if you use challenge, you know, oh, there's this really challenging thing at the moment, gives it a different feel, right? Because a challenge is something, okay, I can, I engage with this, how can I now, you know, Win successfully challenge, you know? A, pro a problem is like, fuck, there's this thing and I cannot do anything about it, versus a challenge is obviously something that you almost want to have, right? You want to be challenged and grow. Exactly. Of course. Yeah. I think it's something that we s should search of it. We are here to, I think at my point of view, to grow in this world and challenge. It's, it's one of it. We, we have to come out of our comfort zone. I think yeah, you are totally right. Um, now I wanted to ask you, how do you describe your mindset? My mindset? Mm general pretty optimistic i think I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hopeless optimistic sometimes uh that yeah i just this is just what i come to terms with more and more that i am i'm, I'm pretty optimistic which is i guess sometimes also uh um keeps me i mean not always like Sometimes it can, it ha has the possibility to let me get this attitude of, ah, it's going to work out. I mean, I don't have to prepare that much for the presentation. It's going to be fine. Da, da, da. And that keeps you from maybe doing the, the diligence and uh, doing the work. 
Um, but in general, I, I think I, I, because I'm really aware of me being an optimist now is, 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 is good because to be honest, I'm, I'm rather actually spent my whole life optimistically. And then in the end, like I find out, fuck, it didn't work out, you know, like, because then at least all of my fucking life, I've been optimistic. Okay. And then I had the, the disappointing thing at the end versus be a fucking pessimist, you know, like all 70 plus years ago, shit, shit. And then in the end you find out, you know what? Yeah, it actually is shitty. And then in the end you have like this relief of, yeah, yeah, I told you so. <laughs> but you know what? Like your whole fucking life, you've been a pessimist and had this grumpy attitude. So I'd rather take the optimistic route then. Like I love, I love the idea. I love the idea, man. I love it. No, and it's I can tell you, it's true, man. I never like every time that I see you are smiling, always with a good energy, always being a good, uh, bring a good energy to the gym. It's it's amazing. Oh, <laughs> no, you it's true, though. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think like in, the, in that we are very similar. You know, we have like. We try to be optimistic in the life. And I think, yeah, man, if you have to, to, to pay the price, it, at least you, man, I will expect something good. If it's the same price, I prefer to expect something good. No, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that expect something. Fuck. It's always bad. Always bad. You know, like it's, it costs yeah. the same. So just, yeah. and just like, I mean, like, I'm not sure if like, I mean, just, I didn't really train to be an optimist. I guess I, I really had like a great childhood and stuff. I'm super grateful for this. And I become actually more and more grateful the, the older I get for my childhood. And also because I realize and see other friends and see that it's really not, uh, you cannot take for granted that you have a, have a good childhood. And therefore I'm, I'm, I'm really happy about this. And yeah, I, I don't know if like, a, I mean, a, pessimistic people they they also maybe they find some happiness in being pessimistic if they really have well-being or i don't know what their internal state is but yeah i i just i'm an i'm optimistic i i guess i'm i'm happy for that <laughs> no i think it's like it's something that is on you but and i think it's something like you said it you have to training like it's training and after like if you surround yourself just for pessimistic people and you are the only one like giving energy and let's go guys like i yeah, think man. like yeah, yeah, i think like surrounding yourself with positivity and if you are already positive it will and also if you are like this then to to um not totally le like force it to be this this to become your identity hmm. because if you realize that like among all your friends and other people you become like this guy who is perceived as like oh this jolly happy guy and like da, 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 da. and then you eventually again oh shit i need to live up to this hmm. and whenever i have like negative faces this is not what my what people perceive me to be so i better get rid of this fucking negativity like you should also really embrace then the negative states and, and like whenever you have down phases just stay in there and don't try to fucking you know like like somehow avoid them it's just you know like 
we're definitely not, I mean, not made, our minds are not made to be constantly happy. I mean, this is also such a overwhelming um, expectation to be constantly happy and nice and everything that is slightly negative is like, oh, let's get fucking get rid of this um, state of, of um, negativity or whatever. Sometimes it's grievance and, and negative feelings are just definitely also important to, to handle. No, no, and I think you are totally right, man. And it's something, at least in me, that you learn a little bit to avoid the, the sadness and to put like a kind of mask that you are always happy, but like just accepting, man, it's a bad day. You know, it's a bad day, it's a bad week, it's a bad month, yeah. it doesn't matter. Maybe this year it's a bad year, you know, like, but you wake yeah. up, you know, like, I think yeah you are totally and that I'm still learning like just accept and today I'm bad you know and yeah but, yeah, like, yeah. I, but I think like yeah sometimes you just like I, I think like I'm so grateful man I have a bad like you were saying like like if the people are in the same position than us like if they are seeing this podcast now like they are at least at the top of population in the world like you are already yeah, a lucky, yeah. a lucky one. Yeah. And now it comes like I think it 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 comes in in the segue. The next question that is, what is your definition of success? My definition of success. Um, hmm. is, like, do you have a, a a default answer? Do you do you have one for this? <laughs> Or no, I don't, I don't like for me like definition of success. It's man like if you can find like your purpose, I know, but I don't want to put like induce induce you in. A... <laughs> no, but, but, but like it's I think this is I guess yeah really figuring out I mean figuring out what makes you feel good, and if if this thing is let's say is something that you can keep doing i mean be it as your job or hobby or like just i don't know like family but whatever it is like that like gives you really some sort of like like good feeling just you know just that is amazing if you have really figured this out if you have found this thing and that's that's great and then yeah keep keep doing it and as long as it's also moral i mean like if really like gives you a good feeling to like just kill people and it's like ah it's, it's a little annoying yes yeah, because that's again if, yeah let's say let's put it that way there's another um, if you figure this thing out that makes you feel good and it that doesn't really cause too much suffering in the world for other people or for the for the environment you know so there's some some caveats and some things but in general figuring out what you are what you like and if this doesn't cause too much harm and you can keep doing it this is pretty pretty much success i think it's a great definition of success you don't need like anymore if you find what you love and yeah i think helps if you can monetize your passion i think it also helps because in the society oh, that we are <laughs> the society that we are today i think it's something that helps but yeah having a meaning yeah and if you see that you can help other person there's no money that can like 
that can buy that at, at my point of view I like tell me tell me tell me it depends on the amount of the money I mean if there's <laughs> man it's it's, yeah, it's it's true man we have to be realistic there's, a, there's an interesting um, movement um, also a philosophical movement which is called effective altruism and this is um, um, also controversially debated because this I mean um, Matt Caskell is the guy who, who is really the, the, the kind of pioneer um, William McCaskill I think this, this guy is called um, and um, it's built around the idea to again do something in the world that can effectively do as much good as possible. So they say it's, it's all well and good and it's amazing to really um, like go to, let's say somewhere and like uh, help people in, in Poland or like in, in Africa or somewhere. I don't know why I said Poland. But, um, mm. <laughs> um, Africa is usually the, the like do, um, mm. Um, what do you call this um, um, a development help and you help like building a well in like a village somewhere and you really see like how amazing it is that you help some people and, and there's this is definitely a great thing but this effective altruism movement says like if you're a privileged person who can do this who can afford to spend maybe a year going to Tanzania and help building wells and stuff and, and uh, like do some cultural exchange stuff. This is amazing. But if you are privileged enough, then why not actually getting a really good job as that makes as much money as possible, uh, can be a banker or anything, but you, um, you, commit yourself to at least 30% of that pay on a monthly basis to the Malaria Foundation, who then again can provide this kind of still malaria, huge, huge problem that kills so many people that you can effectively save hundreds, thousands of lives with, but then in the, let's say, in, in like kind of a number case, does so much more uh, good in the world than you going there and helping building wells for like year. Obviously, it's not the same emotional mm. kind of you get not the teary eyes and touching people and hugging the people, which is like an amazing experience. But the effective the impact that you have exactly this is it's hugely greater if you do it in this kind of rational way. And this is this effective altruism movement. I think it's a very interesting um, new um, concept. It's, it's definitely um, uh, um, controversially debated, but I think it's it's a very interesting approach. No, it isn't. And I, I think I, in this world, I think we have space for the two because sometimes you are not the person that want to go to the middle of Africa, but maybe you want to help in some way, you know? And maybe I'm the, t the type of person that prefer to go one year and have a sabbatic year and like, you understand me? And uh, yeah. there is space for the, 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 the two options, but oh. like you said it. Yeah, it's a little bit controversial because you have to believe in the 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 non profit that is behind the the 
and this is and, and there's a really good um a really amazing company that is growing which is called give well and uh, this is a company that does like extremely thorough um research assessing how good a certain ngos work where donating money to how much of your money that you donate is actually used for what purposes um how, what is the red cross doing uh, like versus another company so they really give you the kind of assessment that you so you can decide which is really a, the where do i get the most benefit out of my donation so to speak so they really like our gift gift well is really um a great tool for people who like effective altruism to kind of really then make again the, the most impactful donation so to speak and i love yeah i love the idea and you give me already the solution for the problem you know if you are like in doubt uh, yeah. you know yeah. you want to help but man just have a look i will put off after also the in the description of the video the link to go to the give a well company like if somebody feels wants to feel free yeah. uh now i want to to ask you about daily habits do you have any daily habits morning routines yeah definitely the morning is is, is my uh my, my routine phase um Uh, I wake up is usually how I start the day by waking up um, and then I, I the first thing is that I always <laughs> take a pee a pee usually for very long and then uh, I, <laughs> I prepare a coffee and now the thing is like the, I my coffee preparation um, I always try to be already um, because it's it's a um like a, a task so to speak i already try to do this a little um mindfully being super aware of this and um because i'm a little hasty in the morning i wanted like the my most favorite thing is to get up and then just like directly do something and um so this is my my active time but sometimes i a little not thoughtful you know i just like rush into whatever i was doing so now the pr practice that going into the kitchen uh, being then kitchen coffee making that already doing mindfully and then i do a 20 minute meditation like a formal meditation like really sitting down sometimes a guided meditation sometimes just um by myself for 20 minutes and then i do because i try to learn Aprendo español un poco. I try to yeah, I try to learn Spanish since with this app that I I have now for half a year because I want to go to Peru next year um, with some friends. For a friend of mine is turning 30 and he wants to do a ayahuasca retreat, so I want to also have some. I always want to learn Spanish, but now I even have an extra motivation to study a little bit harder. I do then about 30 minutes this, then have the coffee, and then I, I trying still. These are definitely until now is this is fix the med the coffee meditation and then Spanish. I still try to do more and more breathing exercises because breathing is something that I really this is like my 
the biggest topic at the moment, breath work and different kind of breathing techniques, especially nasal breathing is something that I want to cultivate more and more also in exercising, just using my nose. And so I do I try to cultivate also breathing exercises into my morning routine, but this is still something that is sometimes happens, sometimes it doesn't. And once this is over, then I go to, to work as everybody in the home office at the moment. No, 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 I like it. I like it. And uh, the, the ayahuasca experience that you were talking about, it will be your first time and, or you already uh, had one? Ayahuasca, I never, I never had. Hmm. I, I had other like uh, psychedelics uh, experiences, but ayahuasca never. Okay. Okay. Um, do you want to share some of the experience? Like if you, something that you mm, learn yeah. with it, maybe? I have to say the, 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 I mean, the first, the first really intense one that was, uh, I guess, yeah, no, I was not psilocybin. It was um, DMT, like a, a, a mini dose, like, um, and that was, yeah, that was really intense. And that then opened the door also to, to, um, to um, LSD. Um, and yeah, this I did then a couple of times. And uh, I, I was already, when I did the, the LSD, I was already um, meditating. So I already had some, some you know, uh, experience with altered states of mind and like get you know like different mental models and so on so i was really maybe it was also the dosage that was um uh still mild enough let's say that i was really i was never fully like zoned out i really had perfect dose and for me i i could use it like a spotlight so to speak, I could actually direct my attention to like my body. So we were at a lake where I was really like, could direct my attention intensely to my, to my legs. And I was like running just on my, I remember this, just on my heels, you know, like, like these, uh, like, a, I don't know, like a raptor uh, from, from Jurassic Park, you know, like only on my, I don't know yeah. what you call this. Like in the front of your feet. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why I did this. But like I remember this was like such a nice feeling. That was like a very bodily. I directed the spotlight to, towards my, my my body. Then also contemplative. Like I could really get into my thoughts, and like that was really like nice, you know. Um, and then visually, obviously, like looking at my body and like then seeing these things that. I guess people know that already had this experience. So like it, it was really nice that it had this spotlight function for me. I think yeah, it's nice. Um, let's say that the, the, so if you can see some of the lessons that you learned from that experience in, in one sentence, what it will be, if you can tell me. 
<laughs> I, I recommend if, if, if you don't really have any any cases of schizophrenia in your family or and you feel mentally quite stable, then I recommend to, to try this um, with the right set and setting, obviously, you know, like, uh, but I, I, don't, I wouldn't say I, I had like a profound lesson from it, but yeah, I think really it, it, it can help to, to at least show people that there's, a, you know, different also states of, of mind reality. awareness and and yeah yeah maybe realities that then kind of then 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 makes them curious to also explore them in like a sober state of mind you know like they get a little taste of what's possible and then maybe this triggers them to to experience this no no more. No, no, I think it's like you said it. Of course, each person, it's a person like you were saying before. And if you want to try something, like try to first search information about it, go to a doctor, do what you think that you should do. But man, it's it's a nice way. And it's like uh, um, a nice door to our traditional medicine that is a little bit uh, stagnated and take us to like, get addicted to sometimes the solution at my, my point of view. Uh, I like also to ask to my guests um, about the legacy. Uh, what is the legacy that you want uh, to leave behind? Vasco hitting me with the big questions, my legacy. Huh. <laughs> Let's see. Never thought about this. I mean, the, I have to say, I really would like to I mean, I, I currently, I, I really like uh, the, it's, it's, it's maybe a little uh, egocentric, but I would like to have, obviously, people um, to really like, uh, remember, um, like, a uh, and also have videos uh, and, and footage where they can see like uh, my my personality and a little bit of my interests in in the goofy acrobatics and physical exercises and tricks and little spinning a ball in my head that I do and that that they kind of see that you can you know like combine your character a little bit with with whatever your hobbies and because this is right now something I, I noticed I really am interested in like the, the kind of do stuff with your body and like become super interested in like stretching and movement and going to a circus training sometimes and I mean started jujitsu and also play basketball and I want to like like just merge all this stuff together then with like a little entertaining or funny or comedy idea or give a little twist to it and I guess this is this is just what I I somehow want my my legacy to be and uh, other than that like I never um, yeah I never really I think it's also way too early for me to to answer this question yeah I hope I mean the, the thing is I really Although I, I now at this stage where I can look back one year ago to my one year younger version 
and I become less and less kind of Jesus the fuck he was you thinking I get more and more to a point where we're like yeah this guy was all right so yeah yeah I mean like yeah he definitely like he had to learn a couple of things but it was okay you know when I was let's say uh, 20 and then I was 25 I was looking back to my 20 year old version like the fuck man Jesus Christ uh, how did you look man and, but by the way what was you thinking and then like the same you know like but it I guess it gets less and less so it means like I guess that I kind of more and more get to a point where I be be, be cool and have less profound changes or, or complaints about my younger versions no I, I totally understand what you mean it's like you are more centered to with yourself you are more the the, the difference between what he, or as i call it the your true path it's less and less distance from the the, yeah. the true man i love the idea i love the idea now i like uh, and you already talk about a book and i like to to ask to my guests uh which books do you will advise me to read and why you you yeah i mean i it seems uh, like you are on the you're pretty interested in in uh the the you know, like altered states of mind. So the the how to change your mind from Michael Pollan. Michael Pollan. It's definitely the one that I already mentioned, but it's it's really a great book. Um, and uh, there is, I mean, the one that I'm reading right now at the moment, it's 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 um from James Nestor. It's called Breath, Perfect. which is about the breathing topic and stuff. So this is this is a really good one. I don't know if, if there's something you interested in. I let me think. What is a really? Because he's such a goofy man. <laughs> you also need a goofy book. Um, <laughs> let me think. What is there? Um, I think it's a German book that 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 is 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 pretty funny. That uh, but uh. I see you cannot. I think two books is already. Is okay. Okay. The third one you can give me after. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, let's talk about uh, new projects and some new projects that you want to share with me and the listeners and the viewers. I mean, the the big project is at the moment to kind of reshape my my profile as as coach and and stuff and kind of moving yeah away from the, the i guess the design thinking side of things and more focus on like the the coaching and really ideally is that i come to a point where like all the psychological shit that i know and like my my kind of coaching and you know this kind of uh, systematic coaching that i do that i can combine this with the uh, physical movements and tricks and stretching exercises that i know and and the groundwork and the animal movements and kind of offer kind of a holistic mm -hmm. service 
to people that's that's you know like ideally some people that that have pro that kind of want to uh, want to get fitter like mentally and physically and that i can kind of offer like a holistic approach this would be uh, amazing obviously mm. but i still need to work out how this should look like like is there is a system that i have in place and also how do i present myself as a guy who does this so i kind of want to definitely then um, update my my website and have a different look and feel to it for this so that is the big project at, mm. at the moment that i need to figure out i think it's a great idea and like it's, it's yeah because the balance it's it's in in the physical and the mind because you can have a, a great mind and if your body is not prepared and the opposite way around you can be like a bull but if your mind it's empty what is yeah. also the point you know like i think the balance it's it's it's, it's yeah. the better yeah. way. and who also um, had like a he was, he was actually one of the few exceptions the buddha i mean his mind was top notch but he could have done a little bit more sit ups to be honest like he was definitely not in the best shape i guess have you seen some pictures Yes. flattering. He was showing this thing all the time, right? I mean, obviously, this is a symbol, you know. Like, I know that this is a symbol. Like, they, they it's symbol. They yeah. yeah, but it's 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 true. It's a really nice exception. Imagine, like, the Buddha was like really all like fucking like eight pack, you know, really defined shoulders, you know, like like a guy. Like imagine Hercules sitting like this somehow and like doing push-ups at the same time while having the lotus seat. <laughs> oh man, shit. man, completely different person, man. Like it's another Buddha. It's like not that fluffy image that we have. Like, man, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, and uh, let me ask you uh, about your website. If the people want to contact you, what is the best way to contact you? I guess um, for for the like the the kind of future um, version or idea that I have of myself, it would be like either over my website, like Christianhinge.com, which is my 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 more let's say formal website for mm. the services and stuff that I do, but for I guess regular inquiries would be my my instagram which is chrischain.com so like chris is k-r-i-z-z and chain like like this chain here chris chain okay after i will put in the description also to the video the the connection to the website and to your instagram so if somebody wants to send you a dm and to end up now, what is your best tip for making this world a better place? Hmm. I think definitely the uh, the most do the the most effective way is definitely to you know like start with yourself, right? Like really. Just get your get yourself in straight and try to be, you know, as 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 nice to people as possible, you know, and 
except to like really like if there's a fucking asshole then don't be nice to this guy but um other than that just try to be try to be a really yeah beautiful person because this is i guess the most effective thing you could do i mean i was also very um in my in my, in my beginning of my studies really um uh, environmentalist and really driven to like change the world and everything but i more and more come to like the i mean i still think it's it's hugely important but i think besides my way of like try to be as environmentally friendly as possible in my nutrition and in my consumption there is it needs to be like uh definitely also like a, a technology approach and a political systematic change and of course individuals you know like need to change this this is the bottom up and top down approach always but i think to be really like the most effective do the most effective good really just try in every daily situation that you have with your friend with your mom or a cashier at the bakery just try to you know just try to be as as chill as possible and say to the i don't know man at the at the bakery hey i like your t-shirt if it's a nice t-shirt and just just say these things you know it's just because oftentimes you always think these things and I don't know, sometimes if that happens to you, it seldomly happens, but if a stranger says something to you, you know, like an exchange and makes you a compliment, this has like a, a nice little feel to it. You know, it's like, oh shit. Because I, I, there was this, I was waiting for the bus the other day and um, there was like this, this girl and I guess she just looked uh, a little like grumpy, but she was chill and she had like a nice shirt and I bought like a bottle of water and hey, my shirt without any hitting on or just like like that and also made me feel good obviously because i often think these things but then i said it and it felt good about i felt good about myself and she i guess also was not really um frustrated by by so yeah just these little things you know i think it's a great great advice and like like you said it it it's instead of trying to change the world, like all the world, trying to make the little change in the world that you are. Like maybe with that compliment, you you can change the day of the girl, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. There's only so much time we have, right? I mean, of course you could really try to build now the next, I mean, if you are the person that really can like, like this um, Boylan slut guy, like this young Swedish dude who, built like these trash collecting things. This is obviously hugely amazing, but very little people have the skill, the knowledge to do so. So um, do what's, what's in your ability and what do you think you can maintain? And I think it's a great advice. And Chris, one more time, thank you so much for having the time. It was a really, really pleasure, big pleasure to have you here in my podcast, guys. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you so much. And guys, don't forget also to go to to the Instagram of Chris, send him a message. And don't forget also to follow us in all the social media. Great day to all of you people.